I'd like to invite you along the Camino with me. I'm Holly Brock, and welcome to the playful ponderings of my particular pilgrimage along the Camino de Santiago. I'm titling this story Regional Appearances for many reasons that I'm sure you'll discover, and who knows, you might find even more. There is nothing like the first day of walking the Camino de Santiago, no matter where you start. You literally just start putting one foot in front of the other and end up walking across Spain. It's incredible. And now, Regional Appearances. I awake to the beating of my heart and to dawn, which makes my heart beat faster exactly because it is dawn. It is dawn of the day I will begin walking the Camino de Santiago. If you start in St. Jean Pied-de-Port, this first day is one of the most challenging. And for all of the preparation I had done, I knew this was the test. A 16-mile, 4,000-foot elevation gain, and then 1,700-foot steep descent kind of test. I lace up my boots and shoulder my pack. Here we go. It strikes me how utterly simple and undramatic the beginning is. There was no starting gun. I didn't tell anyone I was leaving or ask permission or explain myself. I didn't do anything but step out of the door and start walking. I felt sure that people would stare at me and whisper, what does she think she's doing? Does she really think she's just going to walk across northern Spain? But no one, except me, pays me any special attention. I have to keep shrugging my internal shoulders to say, all righty, I'll just keep going then. I thrill when I picture people taking those first few steps out onto the cobblestones, even now, through the whitewashed walls of the town, under the stone archway beyond the church, and over the little river. In some ways, it's like a baby's first steps. There are many more to come, but these are special. Slowly but surely, the buildings become more sparse and give way to lush green fields. The Camino begins to wind up and up as it ascends the Pyrenees, but is always tracing a faithful line westward, following the sun. I hear the eerie clink of a bell and peer off to the left of the trail where there is a herd of sheep under some trees. Short rabbit trail here. Have you heard the phrase that someone is the black sheep of the family? As most sheep are cream colored, and moreover, I haven't been around that many sheep, I've always thought that that was just a made up image to express when someone doesn't seem to fit the mold. I laughed out loud, though, when sure enough, there amidst the cream-colored herd was one black sheep, chewing grass like the best of them. I yell out to it, I think I'm kind of the black sheep, too, to which it lifted its head and gave a, with which it seemed to be saying, not the first time I've heard that lady. Further up around the bend, some horses wander free and graze near a small stone cross. I walk along the side of a hill, 
And as I am a sucker for time lapse and slow motion video, spend way too much time trying to capture a fog bank as it rolls its way up the mountain. Fog banks, along with metallic mushrooms and complex wildflowers, adorn the countryside. I'm tempted to say that this place is a little taste of heaven, but actually, maybe more accurately, it's a little taste of the new earth. After climbing in the Pyrenees for quite a long while, you come to a little clearing with a fountain, a few benches, and a plaque. If you don't stop to read the plaque, it is unlikely that you will realize you are at the border between France and Spain, where two anchors of Western history and culture meet, each with their own wonderful and terrible stories. Yet now I knew that on this side, I was in one country, and on that side, I was in another. I must admit, though, as I straddled this borderline between the two, with one of my feet in Spain and the other in France, the dirt in France looks just like the dirt in Spain. There are some lines drawn into the blueprint of creation, the deep blue of the Mariana Trench, the white caps of the Andes Mountains, the shorelines highlighting where water and land meet. But there's a profound continuity to it. I can picture satellite images where this area of the earth that I stand on looks like a gorgeous green and brown puzzle with borders of blue. These are all natural boundaries of the earth, those of rock and height and water, yet gloriously continuous in the way of nature. But this borderline between countries that I straddle can in no way be detected by satellite, nor any rock or cloud, any plant or creature, nor even by any human without an extremely precise record of it. This is a line not made by the creator on the earth, but by people on the world. Lines made by the tools of history, culture, politics, and power, yet are as real in our experience as any mountain range or shoreline or edge of a desert, because we live on both the earth and the world. The earth displaying states of matter and the world displaying the matters of states. Were it not for the marker, I would walk by this spot without pausing, putting one foot in front of the other for 500 plus miles to the coast. This small marker is a truth teller, reminding us of the complex interplay of what humans have written on the surface of the world and what God has written into the foundations of the earth. Like one story transposed on another, the story humans are telling, intertwining with the story God is telling. As humans, we tend to focus on the story we are writing, conceiving of the world more in terms of the lines we draw. Lines of political boundaries drawn between countries, lines of roads making the earth more accessible to humans, property lines claiming ownership of tiny pieces of the earth's thin crust. We have maps and history books and records that seem to explain the world, but truly, when we see the earth from space, do we see those lines? On that scale, we can't see those. Only the lines that God drew here. On that scale, we can't see the world, only the earth. We are able to see one beautiful whole. As I straddle this line, I pray for the world to have eyes to see. It is perfectly at this ponderous place that I meet the precious person of Pete. He is dressed entirely in khaki and is talking a mile a minute with a young man. 
I had been walking and talking with a Canadian woman about my age, but as Providence would have it, I chose to ask Pete if he would take a picture of me on that French-Spanish border that I've been mesmerized by. He hopped to with an enthusiasm that immediately captured my affection, his perky British accent adding to the draw. Little did I know that we were kindred souls, or maybe I knew exactly that immediately. Within an hour of walking and talking, I have given him the affectionate title CEOO, which translates into Chief Executive Officer of Oneness, and also Eminem, Man on Mission. This Pete had the energy of a 10-year-old, the wisdom of a 130-year-old, meeting together in the body of a 70-year-old. His life seemed fueled by this understanding of the oneness of all things, putting a sparkle in his eye and a skip in his step. He saw himself and all of us and everything really as a regional appearance of oneness. My favorite word he would say was pop, referring to the moment where someone was able to see through all of the many things to the oneness of everything, which never fear is what he says happens for all of us at the death of our bodies. When we would walk by a cemetery, Pete would point at the different graves and say, pop, pop, pop. Pete and I talked a mile a minute as we walked for many miles. As we walked along the Camino, there seemed to be a space bubble of peaceful exhilaration around us, created when you find another with the same shape of soul as your own, regardless of age, gender, or nationality. These are moments that no amount of theological or philosophical arguing can diminish. It simply is. What can I say about Pete? Carpenter, poet, felon, philosopher, world traveler, and music aficionado. If it is true that experience is the best teacher, this man was well-educated indeed. I can say he had to have had multiple guardian angels attending him at all times. He talked with his hands, so when he was explaining something especially important, he never stopped walking but would often turn back to face me which meant he was often walking backwards along this treacherous, uneven, steep, and rocky part of the Camino. He was wholly unconcerned with the serious danger his zeal was putting him in, but his passion and just maybe his guardian angels kept him sure-footed. Thank you, God, for Pete, a diaphanous creature, literally delightful. We came upon a grassy vista, that overlooked the foothills we knew we would be walking through the following day. Here, after an exhilarating climb over the Pyrenees, we gratefully sit, taking off our boots and basking in the sun, sharing an envelope of minty foot moisturizer, his favorite brand of dried apricot from England, and of course, the presuppositions that our metaphysics supposed. Pete had said something earlier that I felt described well, the human condition and how love pursues us. So I asked Pete, this veritable treasure chest of music lyrics and pithy sayings to repeat it. First, he had to recover from the fit of laughter as I had asked Pete to repeat it. <laughs> it never gets old, apparently. <laughs> when he had regained enough composure to do it justice, he said, Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack, a crack in everything. And that's how the light gets in. Pete of the Pyrenees, you speak truth, my friend. Good on you. 
May you continue to help us pop, my dear friend. Pete and I didn't agree on everything, but we walked together with love. Being with Pete was an experience and a way of seeing the world and each other. A quote from Martin Luther says it well, in essentials, unity, and non-essentials, liberty, and all things, charity. I wonder where we have tried to draw those lines in the world. Where have we drawn lines that define the essentials and therefore the non-essentials? What borders have we given to charity? Take a minute, close your eyes if you can. What lines do you see? For now though, picture this grassy vista looking west over a beautiful valley. See if you can imagine the rest of the Camino like a line tracing all the way across northern Spain to Santiago de Compostela, and then all the way to Finisterre, the end of the world. Now imagine you are a pilgrim walking on it, because in some ways, we all are.